Hello everyone, this is Josh Shakespeare. Thank you for tuning in. I uh, just wanted to start out real quick and say that there uh, will be an audio issue in the first segment of this episode. Uh, for some reason, my SD card failed on me during the uh, uh, during the recording process. So it's like a 24-minute story I tell in the first half of this, and the good audio cuts out at 12. But I will absolutely try to edit the uh, rest of it to so that the audio is exceptional so that you can hear it. But um, yeah, just wanted to s open up and say that up top. So um, and without further, further ado, let's start the show. Thank you guys so much. Shakespeare podcast. I am Josh Shakespeare. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will add an intro to the beginning of this. I'm starting to get into that. I really want to dress this show up, and this is part of what I. This is part of what I meant when I said I was gonna. Um, the program was going to grow and evolve. So, I'm really excited. Um, it might it might be Nina Simone. It might be Peggy Lee. We'll see what the vibe is today. Uh, when I edit this and, and put it out. I am in Oregon right now doing some comedy shows on the road with uh, two other comedians. Um, they may join us later on. They may not. Hopefully they do. We'll see. Um, we drove here 18 hours. Uh, my friend and I, we took turns. Um, this is the second time we've done this. We've gone on a comedy road trip. And uh, when you know, you know, when you're on the road with uh, other artists, and, and there's, a, there's a bunch of inside baseball, there's a lot of vulnerability, a lot of things that you know stay inside the car. Um, I talked about something personal that uh, happened to me at the beginning of January. Um, felt like I just got raped. Um, it's not a good feeling at all to to have um, your perception of events and, and who you are and how you feel sort of shattered to a degree, which is what happened in the car. Um, I haven't talked about this in the program, and um, I readily talk about this with people, but whenever I do, you know, I get mixed... I get mixed reactions that all sort of say the same thing. It's like a level of self-empowerment and then like a level of acknowledgement that what happened was fucked up. But So I'll just tell you here, and that this will probably take up the entire 10 minutes because that's sort of the vibe that we're going with here. It might not be funny, but it is, it, you know, if it, if it makes you feel something. Uh, I, at the time, uh, this is January 1st, 2023. Um, the night before, uh, I had reached what I'd felt to be uh, a certain level of spiritual enlightenment. I was also very high. Um, but it felt as though that I was so in touch with my body, my third eye, what was going on in the world. I just got this message, you know, I just had this very, you know, striking feeling almost that um, the night of New Year's that I should be asleep. 
that I should not be awake from 11.59 to 12 on the dot a.m. I should be asleep from the beginning crossing over. That's just sort of what I felt. Um, mind you, I'm at the peak of subscribing to Eastern, you know, philosophy, excuse me, Eastern philosophy and Eastern religion. Um, and at the time it did feel truly real. A piece of it still does. So I listened to that message. I listened to that voice and that feeling, that sensation that I should just be asleep. Just, I don't know, not in any way, shape or form as if, you know, if I didn't go to sleep at that time, cause I don't even really think I did that it would have been bad or that that meant that the rest of this year was going to be horrible. I'm not superstitious to that degree, but it just, it felt good. So, uh, I went to sleep that night, woke up, it's New Year's, it's a Sunday. Um, uh, and on Sundays, there's this show called Chocolate Sundays that goes on at the Laugh Factory. And I decided, you know what? When I woke up that day, uh, I just also kept hearing more and more voices. But, no, excuse me, that's gross. I don't want to say voices. I felt um, this very, very strong pull to just go to, to the Laugh Factory that night. Just, to, you know, just, just pull, like, you know what, just go. And then deep down I, in my head, I was like, oh, I'm going to go up. I'm going to go, you know, just uh, on the off chance. I'm going to go and do perform stand-up at this show, even though despite how difficult it is to get your foot in the door, especially in comedy. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go. So I go later that night, spent the entire day just being, just, you know, just meditating, chilling, writing, relaxing, kind of preparing for the night. I, I didn't really have any expectations despite me in my head and getting the feeling, oh, I'm going to go up. And I'm usually right about these things. When I get like a feeling, oh, this is going to happen or I'm going to go up, usually I'm right. So I go up. Uh, I mean, I go to the, the Laugh Factory, and then, um, you know, luckily, someone who was supposed to go up uh, on a sort of amateur portion of the show dropped out. They didn't come for whatever reason. And um, me knowing this, uh, I go to the uh, I go to the, one of the producers, and I go, I understand that someone dropped out. Is that right? If I go, and, and sure enough, they said, yeah. So it was, a, it was just a three-minute set. It didn't really, you know, it's very, like, again, an amateur-level sort of thing. And I, you know, use that just, like, loosely. But, um, so I, right, so we, we do that. Um, now, this is the major thing, so, and we're going to get into this later. But the the producer says, yes, you can go up when we, you know, start the show. And I was like, okay, thank you so much. I appreciate that. So I go upstairs into the green room of the Chocolate Sundays, I chill out for a little bit, and then I see this gorgeous woman with a group of other women come up with a friend of mine named Franz, who, um, literally, F-R-A-N-Z, Franz, like he's a chill guy, every time I see, I see him at all the, you know, like black comedy shows, and very old head-ish, uh, but, you know, very obviously wise, and he's clearly been around the block and very chill and stuff like that, too. So, you know, he's a, he's a very great colleague of mine. Um, he sh almost sort of chaperoned them, and when I looked at him, I thought that these women were with him, like they were his girlfriends, but they weren't. Um, he just managed to sneak them into the show. So one of the women that he was with, we lock eyes instantly. Um, we just had this feeling, you know, I just, I felt like this sensation. And, and again, I want to stress this, mind you, we are at the peak of therapy. We are at the peak of self-empowerment. We are at the peak of holistic approaches to self-improvement, self-healing, 
guidance, meditation, knowing oneself, being in touch with feeling, utilizing the power of now by Eckhart Tolle, and 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 very very subscribing to a lot of uh, I want to say almost Buddhist practices as far as meditation and being here now and being very present and truly tapping into what I want out of a relationship or what I want out of a woman or what I want because we're just trying to figure this out because you know I've spent years banging my head against the wall trying to figure out for a while how to get laid or which is not necessarily as important because I need to be a little bit more specific than that but how to get laid how to get a woman's attention etc cetera, etc cetera, which you know these are all ideas that were floating around my head prior to all of this prior to therapy prior to me and this woman, we lock eyes, um, you know, and then she sort of goes in the opposite direction, but she looks back, and then I look up, and in the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if I should look back, or if she's going to look back, or whatever, so, you know, and then we do meet eyes yet again, and then she goes around to the opposite side of the glass wall where the green room is, and she sits there, and then I just sort of go away and try to not, like, not make it look like I was, you know, looking at her. But in the back of my head, I'm like, I hope she looks back. So I go up. Show starts. I go up. I perform. I crush. Um, and I say that humbly. I, I did very, very well. I'm just going off of the responses that I got from everyone when I got off stage, which was they loved you and you were great. And Franz himself even said, "You are." I can. How long have you been doing it? And I go like, it'll be three. It'll be four years in April. Um. And he goes, I can tell that you're a very seasoned comedian. You're, you, you've clearly been doing this for a while, and you're very much a professional, which is a good compliment because I really haven't been doing this long. I just, I'm one of those people that became a comedy nerd, and then I started doing comedy. So uh, everyone loved me. The show ends. That woman that I locked eyes with, her and her group of friends were all piling into like an Uber, and she was the last one to, you know, leave you know like she was kind of like left behind she was talking to Franz and she uh, sort of approaches me we're in like the same vicinity and you know prior to the show like right before the show ends in the back of my head I go oh I hope I see that girl again um and but if I don't see her again I'm totally fine with that because I'm at a point now mentally and spiritually that uh I I no longer my my world is not shattered if a woman um I, I don't get her number or I, I don't get the sort of validation that I was seeking outwardly. It's all internal now. Um, she approaches me because um, we just re we were just so close to each other that finally it's like, all right, one of us has to say something to each other. So she goes, she shakes my hand and she goes, thank you so much for the laughs. You were fantastic. And I go, thank you so much. And right as she was walk about to walk away, you know, and I'm like, oh, I should have got a number. And then Franz goes, whoa, 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 hold on. Catching her, she's walking away, being the last one into her Uber. He goes, get my man's number. She get, she gives me her number. I text her my name, as I usually do when I get a girl's number. Um, I, you know, Josh Shakespeare. And then, depending on what they say, respond to that is, you know, I guess I how much I gauge how much they, you know, are attracted to me. So I get... Um, she goes, thank you so once again, complimenting me again. And then I just go, I guess you could say spinning game, if you will. I just, I go about the, my usual, you know, generic, I guess, questions that I ask any woman that I'm attracted to or not attracted to. What are you and your friends getting into after this? What are you guys doing later? 
you know, where are you at now? Whatever, yada, yada, yada. And then she goes, oh, well, you know, we're from out of town. We're all flight attendants. And um, we're going to be at this bar pretty close to the Laugh Factory. And then she just says that. And I go, okay, cool. Well, let me know how that goes. Because, again, I'm so empowered and I'm so in tune with myself that I, I think I needed, I thought I needed more than that to know that I was at a point where I needed so much more than just, you know, you telling me where you are for me to know that you're interested in me. Mind you, this doesn't usually happen. A woman doesn't usually just tell me. She doesn't usually leave so much of a message. It's, I usually, when, nine times out of ten, almost eight times out of ten when I just get a girl's number, it's Josh Shakespeare, either nothing or nice meeting you or like a thumbs up or whatever. So um, she tells me where she is and where her and her friends are, and I go, okay, cool. Like, I was legitimately so ready to go home. I Like, I was I was vaping like a, you know, um, a cannabis uh, vape. On my way home, so ready to just check out, go to bed. Because, again, I needed more. And then this woman kept texting me. Not kept texting me, but she, kept, she, she sent a couple more clearly sussing up that she wanted me to join her. And I was like, all right, fuck it, fine. So I literally turned the car around. She goes, word, well, we're going to be at this bar. We're leaving, like, tomorrow night. And I was like, all right, all right, on my way to the bar. So I go to the bar. I'm not sure if I should tell you who this woman's name is. Well, yeah, uh, fuck it. Well, this woman's name was um, Vic Marie, V-I-C-M-A-R-I-E, um, 32 years old. I'm 24. Um, Vic Marie, um, we hang out, we hit off, we hit it off. We, you know, we, a lot of chemistry, we're in touch with each other, connection, whatever. Um, I was being my funny, comical self, which is sort of how we started off the interaction entirely. Um, I go to back to her hotel. I drive her back to her hotel. Um, we leave her friends behind because I just immediately could tell at the end of all the dancing and talking that, all right, you're clearly getting tired. Would you be all right if I gave you a lift home? And she goes, yeah, sure, obviously. And then she goes, you know, she's like, all right, but we're not going to have sex. Like, we, you actually do have to go to sleep, Josh. And I go, all right, fine. Um, there was like a bit of a miscommunication because I, I asked if I could kiss her and she, I thought she said no, but I just did it anyway because we were already in the height of the, so in my head I'm thinking, okay, well, if she changes her mind on the kissing, she might change her mind on the sex, so... I get to her hotel, I bring her back to the hotel and stuff, and then, you know, we're vibing and stuff like that, and we're just talking all night. We didn't end up having sex, and then we undercovered that that was the miscommunication. So, and when I got there, I had this voice, oh, you're not going to have sex with this woman tonight. And I go, you know what, that's totally fine, because I do want a wife. That is sort of what I'm looking for at the moment. And my future wife wouldn't, or at least a woman that I'm looking to marry, wouldn't fuck a guy that she just met that night. So despite me trying to have sex with this woman, uh, still just kissing and playing around or whatever, but not, nothing, like nothing oral either, either. Still just friends and yada, yada, yada. Not friends, but we're still just going back and forth and whatever. So, I sleep over, wake up, we both journal together, I, I teach her uh, what I do in the morning, part of my morning, morning ritual, which is just meditation. Um, so there's like an element of vulnerability there, because I normally don't meditate with anyone. Um, 
got to the point where we revealed that we thought the same exact thing at the same time. Like, oh, should I look, when we first met eyes, uh, she said, in the back of my head, I was thinking, should I look back? And I was like, oh shit, I was thinking about that too. You know? She goes in the bathroom when we're at our hotel room for a couple of minutes. And then I think, maybe I should check on her. And then she just pops her head out and she goes, are you okay? And I go, yeah, why? And she goes, I just thought I should check on you. And I was like, oh fuck, I, you know, so it was one of those situations. Now mind you, this situations like this happen so sporadically that I, I'm head over heels in love. and Or if you would call what that was love or whatever, being in love. So we have breakfast that morning at this five-star hotel, JetBlue Airlines, all the flight attendants who have been doing it for a while get booked at five-star um, hotels and they can choose where they get to go. We, we, I hit it off with the friends. Um, I make them laugh. I get some material about airports from said conversation. Um, after her friends go back up to the hotel, this is like the morning in Marina del Rey or whatever, we still hang out that entire night. It's still no sex, but kept in touch. Uh, she go, she lives, she lived in Boston at the time. I'm not, I'm not sure where she's now, but um, lived in Boston lives in Boston. Um, she flies back there, but, you know, we sort of left it at, well, you know, we like each other. Let's see where this goes, you know, because I'm like, it was like me trying to get a little bit of clarity on what this was exactly, because again, I decided, well, I am looking for a wife. I didn't tell her this, obviously. I didn't say this to this woman. This is just sort of what's going on with me. I'm trying to attract that. We are talking for about maybe 17 days, she did return. Um, she did say, well, yeah, because, you know, I can choose where I get to go now. I will definitely come back just so I can see you. And she did. She came back, we did hang out uh, again at another five-star hotel. And if this, by the way, I don't give a fuck. If I go out of frame, I'm still, we're gonna put this one out. So if I go in and out and you can't really see me, please excuse that. So we see each other again, hang out. We, there's like this uh, hot tub on the roof we hung out at, met some nice, lovely people, found out we both had traditional conservative leaning values and shit like that, which I'm like, oh my God, one of them, whatever. Like this is, this is like literally who I wanted to attract. You know, and this is after I felt as though I cracked the formula on how to attract the type of woman and relationship that I want which is I wanna meet whoever wants to meet me. That was essentially the form that my therapist and I agreed with. And then we, we hit it off, we bond, I guess. Um, uh, it's no sex again, but still just enjoying each other's company. And then after that, she went back for that one night. Um, we, she flew back, we text back and forth. Um, she, what ended the relationship, she said she was going to a Met Gala, she was going to a gala, not the Met Gala, but a gala uh, on a Sunday. This is like, we're like 16 days into this. Um, and then we go from like her, like sort of messaging back and forth like every day to radio silence for two days, two days straight. And then I go, you know, um, I think she responded to, she was like, oh, I'm going to whatever, I'm on my period, whatever. And I was like, oh, you're right. Two days go by and then she goes, yeah, I'm all right. I see like stories of her like on Instagram. And then I go, okay, well, I, I thought right after she messaged me back, I go, 
responding to like one message like two days later, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I thought you ghosted me. I thought you know the the no the radio silence for two days bugged me a little bit. I thought you ghosted. Um, I don't expect hour long conversations every time we text, but uh, just a heads up that you're gonna be unavailable wouldn't I would would go a long way. I didn't say it like that, but I just go, oh, well, that's what I would do. Be like, all right, well, I'm gonna be here for the next couple hours. I'm not gonna be able to talk. She was on her period or whatever. Um, you know, the more I talk about this and the more I, I honestly discuss the events, the more certain things make sense. Cause I mean, that does sound a bit like a turnoff. I mean, I'm not sure ladies listening at home, would you respond to a guy who said that to you? Probably not. We're not gonna judge ourselves here. So, and then she goes, I'm not the ghosting type. Uh, and then she ghosted me. That was day 18. And, um, you know, and this is after I've convinced myself um, that we're, we're done with the dating now. I found it. I didn't find the one, but like, you know, we're gonna, and then I, I had a tendency to sort of latch on to the relationship. And then, you know, and all of this was discussed in the span of an 18 car ride. So that's what I meant when I said like, a, there's like a violated feeling associated with all of this. And then also earth shattering realizations such as this woman is a stranger. I don't know who this woman is. Um, and then there are other reaffirming uh, forms of feedback that I get primarily from the women. It's two men I've spoken to who said stranger and you're gonna be chill anyway. I mean, you're gonna be a goat, you're gonna be the you're gonna be, you're gonna blow up soon, so it doesn't matter. And then all the women are like, well, that was very traumatic. And I go, both of you are right. Um, yeah, so that's, that's just, that's what happened. That's the personal aspect of this. So, I mean, yeah, that's the story. Um, you know, uh, people say she may come back, she may not. I don't, I don't really care anymore. Uh, I've just been so checked out from just women just in general since that, and it's what, April? Apparently I still haven't healed from this. Um, supposedly, maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah, that's about as much as I got for this part of the show. Um, this segment, um, you know, I hope it made you feel something. Uh, I feel like I'm vomiting right now. That's the first half. Um, we did go over the 10 minute limit, so there will be some cutting of the next two segments, maybe like 10, so it'd be like, what, five minutes or some shit like that? I mean, this is gonna be like very, I, I desperately hope. I, I hope I can get the other comedians on this pod, but we'll see. Maybe not. I just, we're, we're using it for, you know, views and, and to build the channel and stuff like that too. And these are our people I am, you know, bonding with. So, um, I am, other than that, having fun. This is, it is April 6th that I am recording this, which is the anniversary of when my mother and I in 2019 drove from Connecticut all the way to Los Angeles. We left on April 3rd and we, and we arrived in Los Angeles April 6th. Um, she booked the flight ahead of time. So essentially we were sort of racing so that she can catch her flight back to Connecticut. And um, in a couple of days, April 11th, will be the anniversary of when I started comedy. So uh, we, I will have officially been living in Los Angeles and have been a stand-up comedian for four years. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you to um, everyone who's, I guess, a fan of this, watching, listening at home, and my mother, and. The people who um, you know I'm with right now, 
who decided that I was funny enough and, and uh, am good enough a hang to even travel 18 hours across state lines with me. I appreciate that. I appreciate um, my uh, ex, I guess ex-therapist at this point now. I may have to go back just based on how I'm handling this. I'd like to thank my, um, at the time, therapist, Nikki, for um, being such an enlightening person in my life. I, I told this to her, you know, before we parted ways because she moved to a private practice and I no longer, she no longer accepts my insurance for a $15 copay. Now it's like 175 per session, so. Um, I said this to her, I said, you are like the big sister I never had. Um, yeah, so we'll be right back. Um, thank you guys for listening to this part of it. Okay, we're starting. Oh wait, let's bring the let's bring that down. Well, we're we are on the road. I um I took these two comedians on the road with me. Um, I, I'm not gonna mention them because I'm not sure if they're comfortable with that. Uh, obviously, I'm kidding. Um, we're we are in uh, where are we right now? Oregon. Um, Oregon. Yeah. Oregon, yeah, Oregon area in Portland, Oregon. Right, right, right. We're driving through there back to L.A. Thank you to uh, Nikki. Uh, we were just on his uh, podcast, the Nikki Free podcast. Uh, that was fantastic. He's very supportive of the show and, and my content and the things that I do uh, on social media. And uh, he's been trying to get me on for quite a while. Um, and uh, I was like, next time I'm there, we will absolutely do it. Um, but this trip, it was like a little short, and I didn't know if we had enough time. But then I found out that, oh, you, you were going to be on the podcast and we were with you. He didn't know that we were with you. So we were like, oh, fuck yeah. So we can just kind of kill essentially three birds with one stone. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Shout out to Nikki. Shout out to Postdoc Brewery. Uh, and also shout out to Cubanissimo Winery because uh, we did shows there and so much fun. So much fun. Um, uh, I learned a lot on this trip. I had so much fun. Um, uh, we're going to cut this part out, but are you guys comfortable with me mentioning your names? Yeah. Okay, great. So um, I went on, we're on, I'm on the road with uh, Andrea, the lovely Andrea Joseph, and uh, the amazing Jeremy Scipio. That was Andrea back there. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I watched uh, Jeremy go up at postdoc, and when he went up and, and he just really like pretty much landed the plane at the end of his set, it was a very uh, aspirational thing to watch. You know, you, you think, oh, you know, one day I'll have shirts and then like I'll I'll make fun of someone for looking like Buster Rhymes in the audience. And then they will pay me a lot of money as part of an apology at the end of the at the end of the, the show and, and kind of sound like a drunk version of one of the friends we know, um, you know, sound like a drunk Jamel Dotson. Um but uh but yeah so much fun um uh let's see what else is there did did you have fun yeah yeah you had a you had a fun yeah it really is it is the game um thank you guys for coming with me on this trip i know it was very difficult for the two of you um <laughs> you guys had a packed schedule otherwise <laughs> um i learned a lot um Absolutely. 
I learned a lot. Uh, I did. I did want to discuss this though, just because this just keeps coming up. Um, <laughs> I, I keep arguing with random people on social media. Now, this is partially because this is how I write, and it's also, it's also because this is. For some reason, I just I get a level of satisfaction just discussing ideas. Now, I've I've kind of gotten out of this thing I used to do where I just I, I make people feel stupid. I I kind of stopped doing that. And you don't have to respond. I'm just gonna be. It's just better. It's just better when I talk to someone about this. Um, right. So I used to be like, oh, you're an idiot. I'm smart. You're you're dumb. I'm right. Yada yada yada. And now I've I've I feel as though I've progressed or have evolved to a point where it's like, okay. Let's just sit down and have a, an honest, calm, and respectful dialogue about this. You know what I mean? Do you do you believe that your lo- that that the FBI is gonna save you when this when the shit hits the fan? Just shit like that. Just like a very honest, genuine question. Um, that still does not stop them from going into my profile and commenting on my stand-up clips. Right? I was in an argument last night with a woman, and she was like, "Oh wow, I, your pronoun bit." is just not funny at all. And then I went into her profile and she had pronouns in her bio and I was like, oh, well, gee, color me shocked. Andrea and Jeremy um, have uh, at times accosted me for my devotion to Denny's. Um, Mind you, ironically, that is the only place we really ate on this trip. (laughs) Like, it's always been there for us. When, when, when the chips were down and, <laughs> and there was nowhere else to eat at 2 a.m. in the morning, Denny's was there for us. Wait, hold on a second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, uh, can, you, can you just, can you just say that? I my voice to <laughs> No, it genuinely doesn't because we're doing – I'm cutting out the mic. Would you mind just – I said uh, my problem wasn't you uh, eat, us eating at Denny's. It was you ordering two steaks, and I'm paying for it. Did I order two steaks last time? Wait, this time or last time? I didn't order two steaks. Last, yes, that was what? your thing. Did I order two steaks? You, you would order a steak, and then you'd be like, I want one for later, because I'm working on, I guess, let's go say, if I keep saying multiple numbers, I guess you need a certain amount of protein for a day or something, I don't know. But yeah, it was it was hurting my pockets and the overall income of the trip. <laughs> uh, well, you have it there, folks. Um, it was This is obviously a smear campaign on my... Um, <laughs> This is obviously a smear campaign. I, I, I disagree with the actions. Um, I, I, I disagree that uh, I, I bought two steaks at the... And by the way, it's, it's Denny's, so it's not even really steak. It's, it's clearly like... It's like cardboard with... Like, it's like wet cardboard over there. It's not real steak. So, that, you know, that's how you know it's a lie. because they said you ordered steak, and I'm like, well, it's Denny's, so it's not even real meat. It was still, it was still $20 a piece. <laughs> there you go, right? What steak do you... Would you eat a steak that costs $20? <laughs> Okay, anyway, but um, this time it was burgers. Apparently, beef agrees with me. I don't know. Um, this time I just... I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, thank you so much. Um, really, I actually think I have horrible iron because, um, or rather low iron, because what happens is when it gets really cold, I look like I have bitch wrists. To a degree, but like I get cold easily. I'm like one of those people. And then like when I get cold, and then people always they do that thing where they're like, "Aren't you from Connecticut?" I'm like, "Nigga, it doesn't matter. Cold is cold. It doesn't matter. You know, I don't do that with niggas from Africa, right? 
You know what I mean? When, when Chinadu is like, yeah, it's, it's hot out here. I'll be like, nigga, aren't you from Africa? I don't say that to him. Shout out to Chinadu. He has really good stage presence. What? He just caught a straight? He just caught a straight. Nice. Um, other than that, uh, let's see. What else did I learn on this? I learned a lot about acting, believe it or not, on this trip. Um, I learned it's, it's, it's not conducive to your career to wait for the right moment to get headshots. We're always needing headshots. Yeah. We're always needing to network with uh, other gay agents in the business. You know what I mean? Always got to make that dussy pop. You know what I mean? The the dussy, the dick pussy. Um, <laughs> good God. I felt great about the shows, though, despite um, how difficult it is for me to accept that I had a good set. Um, no, genuinely. I, I genuinely was not feeling good about what, what I did up there. But um, everyone else, I, I, it was well-received by the by the masses. But um, But other than that, yeah. Um, I did not, um, get a chance to meet, uh, my wife, Pepper, um, at the show at Postdoc, sadly. Um, we're going to cut that part out. I'm not going to say that. No, but, um, I, I like the, w I forgot her name, but I like the woman there that was there today, uh, the, the time we went. She was like a 21 year old, uh, South African woman, a white South African woman, um, you know, very uh she had a she had a quite a personality i was like is this your dog she was like no this is my cat and i was like oh boy it's one of those you know a friend of mine once said to me you know you're not ready to date uh until you can look at a beautiful woman and feel nothing i think furthermore you know you don't really understand women until nothing they say offends you i could be wrong about that i haven't bounced that off of anyone yet but you, you reach a certain point where like when women say things that like are clearly designed to get like an emotional reaction out of you you go from what the fuck is that supposed to be you go from that to oh okay well i'm just gonna maybe pull back my energy she had like two she did two remarks like snide remarks where i'm like oh i'm just i'm just not gonna give you my energy anymore i'm like i don't fucking what kind of conversation are we having here like i go she was like, I'm 21. I was like, it's kind of difficult to believe that I'm older than you because I'm 24. And then she and because she, she's taller than me and she like carries herself like a like a like, you know, like tall women who are like you see a woman and she and that she's tall, but you can tell that she plays sports. It was one of those. So I I looked at her. I was like, oh, yeah, it's hard to believe that, you know, you're 21 and I'm, I'm older than you. And, and you know, I was like, yeah, you know, 22, 3, 4. So it's only three years. But I'm like, eh, you know, and then she was like, oh, that's good math. And I was like, OK. All right, <laughs> I just pulled back. So I just pulled back instantly. Also, when I feel like I'm I'm um being dumb, I just generally just stop talking. That's a new thing I'm doing now. Yeah, I I heard your thoughts in your head. You're like, when did that start? Fuck the two of you, fuck both of you. Um, yeah. Um, we did karaoke twice now. Uh, this well, you know, collectively on this trip. Do you feel good about your uh? Karaoke performance? Uh, I feel no, actually I don't. You my, don't? My, my voice is jacked. Your voice is jacked. That's because you made fun because you went on like a fifteen minute riff <laughs> making fun of the guy who kept tackling you saying he looked like Buster Rhymes. No. And then you did the Buster Rhymes song, put all your hands on my eyes, cause see 
You know what I mean? And I was like, I don't even think Busta Rhymes has that deep of a voice. <laughs> I was like, if you're doing a Jada Kiss impression, I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. The raspy part, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Funny thing is, like, somebody said in the YouTube comment section once that uh, Jada Kiss sounds like if Backwoods could talk. Uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, you know, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, bro, like, you know, I mean, we, we, we was in New York at the time, and yeah, I mean, like, yeah, 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 doing all that. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, that just makes me want to take a, co a cough drop just hearing him talk. But nevertheless, he is an OG, so, you know, give respect where respect is due. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I, I feel better about this trip. Thank God for CBN. I haven't had this good of a sleep since I, I genuinely believe I was, uh, operating off of insomnia for quite a while. What are you going to do when you get back? You don't have to like directly answer, but you can just, you know what I mean? yeah, you. Oh, nice. Hopefully not be empty. Um, Andrea, if you don't mind me asking, what do you... Oh, she's asleep. Well, well, we figured out what she's going to do when she gets back. So maybe something like what she's doing right now. She's, she's oh, fast asleep. It's crazy. We drove through a blizzard the first time we went up to Salem. Um, in my old car, uh, I dro we drove right through like a... It was like a blizzard. We almost died a couple of times. Andrea slept the whole fucking time. And it was one of those situations. <laughs> she woke up and she's just like, her rationale makes sense, though, because she was like, well, I don't want to make the trip worse being awake while we're driving through the snow. And I'm like, well, that's, I appreciate that, but, you know, it's low-key a little selfish. You know what I mean? I'd rather us all die together and, and you not die, like, you know, in the counting sheep, but thank you. Let's see. I'd like to think that I grew as a person on this trip. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if I did or not. We'll, we'll see when we journal later. What do I want to end on? Because we have like two minutes left. Um, I'm not... Well, to, to just to get slightly, I guess, sociopolitical. Um, it's funny because when, th when these things go down and you leave the state, you feel like you're going to come back to Armageddon. But um, but apparently, like the the this this the LGBTQ community apparently is in hot water right now because I don't know why it just feels like the algorithm just keeps pushing this idea that quote unquote it's getting worse, which I disagree with. I don't think it's just I, I think this is all just a distraction, you know. Like all of a sudden, there's like a couple of shooters that just happen to be. I'm like I don't I don't I don't buy this idea that the right is essentially pushing that. It's getting worse and like, oh, it's, I get that you guys think that every single trans person er that's ever existed throughout history is mentally ill, but can we just maybe not, can we not do it now? I think it's just a, I think it's just a mental, mental illness problem, but I don't think that every single day, they're doing the same thing that the left is doing, where they're just trying to fear monger people into believing that the next trans person you see probably has an AK-47. It's like, do you not realize that this is the same exact thing that they were doing to you? I, I, I just can't. Um, I found out... Well, no, no, no. I, scratch that. I was reminded, just to sidetrack, I was reminded that what I experienced in January was, in fact, not a relationship. Um, now, mind you, it, it, you know, I... I 
to a degree consider it a relationship. I mean, you know, you, you, who who knows? You know, people sleep next to people they truly don't know their whole lives. You know, I mean, I consider that to a degree a relationship. Feel free to interject at any point here. Um, I consider it a type of relationship, not like a romantic, like, oh, you know, we like each other, yada, yada, yada. We're, we're at 15, so I want to wrap this up. But um, I consider it a, a relationship. You know what I mean? Like, a, you know, like you you only being friends with someone because you see them every day in high school. That's a type of relationship. To a degree, would you would you say? Like, you um, being friends with someone only because you see them every day at school, but, like, once you graduate, you never hear from them or talk to them again, and it's only because you guys saw each other every day. I would consider that a type of relationship, would you say? Yeah, uh, I call that a, a, a classmate. That's Which is a type of relationship, right? <laughs> that's a type of relationship, yeah. Okay. So that's, that's, that's only where, that's where I'm coming from. On an application. On an application, right. Like, legally speaking. Like, yeah. So that was my whole thing. Regarding the, the, the January incident is I, it's, It wasn't a relationship But it was a type of relationship I, I agree That I got out of So, so what type of relationship was it? Um, a relationship where I uh, was over-invested Oh, over-invested I over-invested in the relationship, yes Well, you said like What type of relationship you like, like this person is a classmate My voice is jacked What type of relationship was it with this girl? Just an investment? Um, yeah, acquaintances maybe. Strangers who slept together. Like, we didn't fuck, but we, like, slept in the same bed and showered at one point together because we just came from a chlorine hot tub. And I would stop telling people this story. Uh, why? Never mind. Y'all showered together? Yeah, we were um, in the, uh, what was that? No, bathing suits and all this shit, and and um, do you have anything to add? Mm-mm. Your voice is jacked. I mean, you can you can feel free to interject. You, you have it genuinely. If you if you want to interact, inter- I'm sorry. Would you mind just saying that into the mic real quick? I, I apologize. Thank you. Um. Right. Um. Mind you, this is like the second or third time on this trip where I just said something, and then and then Jeremy was like, "I maybe don't tell people that." Um, but yeah, we're gonna sign out because we're we've we've been we we're we're two minutes over. Um, Jeremy apparently has said enough. Uh, Andrea has slept through the podcast. I apologize. No, it's fine. No, you you're not on the podcast officially. I'm gonna. Ta- I mean, I'm gonna. I, I guess tag you guys because you did to a degree. Added to it. I apologize. We're, we're three minutes over. We're 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 ending this segment now. But thank you guys for listening to the segment. We're just doing an update. This is like the second or third. We will end this um, at some point. And yes, the intro will either be in introduced on this episode or maybe the next one. But we'll we'll see you guys. We're well over. But thank you guys. Bye bye. Thank you. <laughs>